Visit abbaeservices.com for fast medical transcription service. This podcast episode is brought to you by AB Music Creative. When or how does mental issue begin? I mean, those things, those suppression, do they add to the manifestation of mental health issues? One of the protective factors is being able to talk about your feelings, being having social support and um, just being heard so that, you know, some being comfortable to say I'm not feeling good, to say I'm being bullied or to say what is going on with them uh, and paying attention to it because adolescents and, and children uh, attempt and commit suicide. Welcome to the Paco's Place Podcast. Rejuvenate your smile with Dr. Lourdes Kaplong's comprehensive range of dental solutions. Along with general dentistry, Dr. Kaplong specializes in cosmetic dentistry, including teeth whitening, bonding, dental veneers, and surgical crowns. Whether it's urgent care or preventive treatment, she'll take care of you and your smile. To schedule an appointment, call the clinic at area code 323-257-7582. And the podcast will begin in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Live at Paco's Place. This episode is going to be different. It's going to be sensitive. So we would like you guys to um, to really pay attention and open your minds and we'll make it we'll make it as light as possible and as informative as possible hopefully we can touch a life or lives and you can help us do it too it's my honor my pleasure and a privilege to have our guest she's a psychologist dr carol gogan i thank you so much thank you for having me i appreciate it okay doc deep breaths <laughs> There you go. Yes. So I asked you off, off mic, there are psychologists and there are psychiatrists. Yes. What's the major difference in terms of me, a lay person, if, if something's going on with me, where do I go and what do I do? Right. So a um, psychologist is a doctor, but we specialize in uh, human behavior. Um, and a psychiatrist is a medical doctor and they specialize in uh, medications for emotional issues. Mm. So let's say um, I have anxiety, mm-hmm. and um, it's on. It's chronic. Like aside from anxiety, I also have OCD. Mm-hmm. Where do I go? Uh, you might go to both. Huh. So. Um, so for uh, medication evaluation, uh, you would see a psychiatrist, but for psychotherapy, um, you would see a psychologist. Mm. Doc, when, when you say therapy, like the audience that, we're have, that we have here are predominantly Filipinos. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was a little boy, um, I, I, don't, I did not understand why my mom would bring my little brother, he's a year younger than me, mm-hmm to a psychiatrist and I would go, okay, why, what does he do there? And why, uh, why do I have to wait outside in the waiting room? And she said, because your brother is an introvert and he doesn't talk. So the, I, I, she got a psychiatrist to make him talk. Then later on, my mom and the psychiatrist would talk so that she could understand her son. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I also, but, but then again, the, the whole therapy thing, 
kind of had a stigma in the Philippines. If you were going to therapy, you had to keep it like hush-hush or else people would look different on you or at you. Today, does it still have the same stigma? Yes. Um, not just uh, among Philippines, uh, Filipinos, uh, Filipinas. Um, there's not too many uh, cultures that don't have a stigma about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And... Um, it's gotten better, actually, during the pandemic. We've, um, <clears throat> excuse me. That's okay, Doc. During the pandemic, uh, mental health has really come, become more upfront, and yes. people are talking about it more because people are experiencing some difficulties more, and so um, people are starting to look to therapy uh, and really consider getting some help. With regard to that. Um you mentioned the pandemic and mental mental health. I lost my brother um, in 2021. Oh, so sorry. Thank you. And it was it was it was it was suicide. The family the family was devastated. Everyone was. And I was like, I never saw the sign. I was just on the phone. He's in the Philippines. Right. I was on the phone with him four days before. We were on FaceTime. He was talking to my kids. And, and I was asking people in the Philippines who were close to him, did you guys feel or see anything? And they're like, no. Mm -hmm. Are there signs? There can be uh, warning signs. Um, and uh, sometimes they don't show too many Manifest, signs. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so it's things like uh, if they start talking about killing themselves, mm. if they um, um, start feeling more depressed, uh, sleeping more, sleeping less. Um, if they start um, calling people to say goodbye, if they are um, using substance abuses more, um, if they're giving away um, treasured items. Um, so th these are some of the warning signs that somebody might be considering. Um, um, Taking his own, yeah. yeah. Oh my God! So, so that being that being said, with regard to, with regard to, let's say, a friend of mine. The last thing I remember before him doing it, and this is not my brother. We were all having a party, and it was like he was going out of town. It was like he was excited. We were like, "Why is this guy so excited?" And then a week later, we just heard the news. Right. Well, actually, that can be a warning sign as well. When somebody suddenly starts, their mood starts lifting. Because what can happen is they can decide they're going to kill themselves and it makes them feel better. In other words, it, they've made that decision in they've their head. They've made the decision. And um, so their mood becomes better, ironically. Um, and so that's actually a, a warning sign as well. You know, all these warning signs are very difficult to interpret right? because a lot of people's moods will suddenly get better. Uh, a lot of people, you know, use substances, um, uh, those kinds of things. So you can't, it's, it's a really hard thing to see coming. I have five children and in, in our culture, if an, if a parent says, you can't do this. And if we question that, we get spanked. Mm -hmm. Or if the parent is non-spanking, 
the answer, the, re- the reply would be, because I said so. Mm-hmm. And there, are, there, there have been times also where friends of mine would talk to their parents and, and they'd say, Mom, Dad, I'm having difficulty in school. And the reply would be, are you stupid? Are you dumb? Don't come with me with bad grades. Very, very, that's how it was over there. Maybe because every parent wants their children to be sharp, to have an opportunity. But now that I'm looking back in hindsight, Doc, and I don't want to do it with my kids, when my seven-year-old girl tells me, oh, I feel so sad. Her, her kuyas or brothers mm-hmm. would say, oh, you're drama. But but I'm trying to be more sensitive. Mm-hmm. When does, when or how does mental issue begin? I mean, those things, those suppression, do they add to the manifestation of mental health issues? Right. Well, it's um, one of the protective factors is being able to talk about your feelings, being having social support <clears throat> and um, uh, just being heard. So, yeah. So that you know, some being comfortable to say I'm not feeling good, um, to say I'm being bullied, or to say what is going on with them, uh, and paying attention to it, because adolescents and and children uh, attempt and commit suicide. Why is it so, Doc? It's hard. Uh, there's so much. There's social media. There's a lot of bullying going on. A lot of uh, difficulties in their home life. Um, uh, they may have a um, family member who committed suicide. Uh, a risk factor for suicide is having a first-degree relative commit suicide. I've, we've had that in the family. My mom's brother committed suicide. Right. And, and, and we were teenagers when, when my, and we were close to our uncle when he committed suicide. But it's not hereditary, is it hereditary? It's it's not hereditary per se. Um, there's, um, a, you know, depressed mood can have some uh, genetic factors, but um, it doesn't mean even if somebody's depressed doesn't mean they're going to try to <laughs> exactly to, to right. kill yeah. themselves. Um, but uh, it's more, I think, that it becomes an option in their mind. And sometimes that option germinates into something more of a manifestation down the line. Right, right. How do we curb that? Like, like let's say, like, thank, uh, thank God among my kids, I only have two kids that are introverts. And I really make an effort to get the information from, from them. But let's say for the, for the audience watching, mom and dad are salespeople. And norm, right? No, yeah, I mean, it made you smile. Right? Yeah. You know where I'm going with it. Has type A personality and they're successful and they have kids and there's pressure in those kids. Does depression set in at a young age? Like the, the, the feeling of trying to... It, it can. It can. Um, uh, childhood is not easy. And, um, you know, maneuvering the pressures that they have, um, um, and being an introvert is not going to, uh, is not a risk factor. Mm. So it's fine to be an introvert. Uh, 
and extroverts, you know, um, die by suicide as well. Mm. So um, I wouldn't worry about it from that point of view. Um, it's just being able to let them know that you're there to hear what they need and uh, discuss what they need without judgment. Wow. Number one, listen to them and then hear what they need or what they have to say in terms of their needs and then without judgment. Right. Unfortunately, majority of the people cannot go from step one to step three right. without opening their mouths. Right. So, and sometimes it's, it's just, you know, if you uh, notice that your child is, uh, and I'm not a child psychologist, so I right. get this Yes, straight. yes, yes. Um, and this is just a conversation, right. by the way. Yeah. Yes. But um, sometimes just asking your child, what do you need? What do you need from me? How can I help you? How can I be a support to you? How about articulation? That's very important also because what I notice nowadays, Doc, including myself, how'd your day go? I was good. Mm -hmm. Done. Right. So now we're practicing articulation in the house. Good is not an answer. Right. I need to know what happened during subject time, recess, lunch, after school. Need to know everything. Why is it that we as a society have forgotten how to converse? I think a lot of times people, you know, parents have a hard job and people get so busy and so tied up with what they're trying to do. And um, that it's really hard for people to stop. Most, most of us don't really experience our lives as we live them. Let me say, most people don't experience their lives as we live, as they live them. Right. Wow. They're like, they're just going through the motion. Right. Right. And so it's learning. Well, there's actually, there's uh, something called mindfulness, which is a practice that. Can I get a high five, doc? Okay. <laughs> because with everything that you goosebumps, because yes, keep talking doc, about mindfulness. Mindfulness. It's, it's um, basically uh, a technique or and a philosophy, it's based on uh, Eastern philosophy, and uh, it was actually put in a structure by a psychologist to work with people who have pain, chronic pain. But research has found that it's been helpful for um, almost everything, uh, anxiety, depression, um, any kind of stress. Right. And basically it's training yourself to attend to what's happening in the moment. Um, so an example is most of the time when we sit and we uh, have a meal. We're sitting in front of TV, or a lot of us do, and we're eating, and we're watching TV, and we're thinking about, okay, after you know, I've got to go get, <laughs> I got to pick up some groceries after this, or whatever it is. You're not even really tasting your food, right? So it's learning to attend to what's happening in that moment, and it involves um, some meditations. But the meditations are not trying to clear your mind per se. It's it's focusing like on your breath. And um, there's uh, one called the body scan that uh, you, might lie, you might lie down and you notice how your body feels, how your toes feel. But without, and all of this has to be without judgment. So you just know, and not trying to change anything. You're not trying to relax. You're just noticing. 
And so if you're, for example, doing a body scan and you get to your knee and your knee hurts, it's like, okay, my knee hurts. You just notice it and then you, you know, continue. You don't assign uh, anything like, oh my God, my knee is hurting. <laughs> you know, it's just, okay, it hurts. <clears throat> um, and uh, it's important to develop a practice of this. So you do it on a daily basis. And some of the, um, and they're guided meditations. There's a lot of apps out there. Um, Headspace. Me. Headspace is one. It's, uh, there's also one called uh, Mindfulness Coach. My, yes, Mindfulness Coach, yes. yes. And so, um, um, and they explain what mindfulness is and they're very, very good. So, uh, you know, just downloading the app and going through um, the different uh, mm. exercises. And some of the meditations are like five minutes yeah. or something. It's not like you have to dedicate, you know, an extensive period of time to it. My children actually do the breathing exercise, at least one minute, like breathe, hold, right. exhale. Right. And I ask them, does it help? And they're like, yes, daddy. Yeah. I go, keep doing that, especially if you guys are having a quiz. Yeah. Do that. So mindfulness is really important. Is it the same as saying stop and smell the roses? It, yeah. Or actually. take a look at the roses. <laughs> It's experience the roses. It's what do they look like? What do, uh, they, you know, mm. what do they smell like? What, um, what are the different colors? You know, that, all of that. It's really just noticing what's in front of you. So, Doc, why, in, in spite of all this, and it's readily available, if you, have, if you have an Android phone or an iPhone, I mean, there are free apps that can help you do that. Why is it hard for people to actually invest five to ten minute, minutes of their time to make themselves better? Because they're rushing through their lives, which means they really need to do that. And sometimes a lot of people don't know about mindfulness. They don't know about the apps, and they think of it sometimes as this woo-woo kind of thing. Mm. And it's really not. Um, it's just kind of slowing yourself down. And... Um, being able to <clears throat> calm yourself. Um, um, like, let's say I have so many things in my head. Um, you know, you know that feeling, Doc, when when you're stressing because you're like, okay, you all, I have to return the truck, I have to pick up my kids, I have to pay the bill, I have to pick up my wife. They're all in your head. Right. How how does mindfulness help you? Is it just acknowledging that they're all in your head or finding a way to get rid of it from your head? It's, it's just acknowledging they're there because that is your experience at that moment. You know, it's like, okay, um, and do you want to continue to have that or do you want to take a moment and, you know, kind of center yourself? Um, and so sometimes people have uh, a reminder set on their phone or on uh like I know some of the watches have yeah. automatic the reminders. Br the breathe one, yeah. Right, right. Mm. And so um, uh, sometimes we have to schedule it into our, into our <laughs> lives. I'm excited. These, these are the topics that, because that, when I talk to my friends about it, they're, they're looking at me going, huh? Right. <laughs> but so when I'm hearing it from you, I'm like, yes. Yeah. Depression, doc. 
This is the common expression in the Philippines, especially when you're in love and all that. And you hang out with your friends by the curbside and you're having a cigarette and just really just killing time and someone's going to sigh and go, ah, I'm so depressed. We've heard that in our... In, did you hear that too, Mike? Right? People would go, oh man, I'm so depressed. That's not depression, right? Right. There's a big difference between clinical depression, <coughs> excuse me, and feeling sad or having a, a down day. But why would they say depressed if it's just a down day? Because it's just a word that everyone's adopted, you know. Um, um, you know, it's just like trauma, you know, everything. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> it's so traumatic. You know, my, my car broke down. It was so traumatic. You know, and it's... You know, and it's not to, to dismiss yes. distress. People have a lot of distress. But that's not PTSD. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's you know, putting things in a little bit of perspective when it comes right. to, you know, your car kind of breaking down. As, um, as long as everybody's safe and, and all yes. of that, too. So, um, But it's more in the, uh, in the news. People talk about depression and... Um, most folks are not a trained mental health professional, so they don't know uh, what the symptoms of clinical depression are and that it's so different. What are the symptoms? Oh, okay. Um, symptoms can include down mood. Like, Doc, excuse me. Like, if you were to see me, like, if we were going to Starbucks, you and me, mm -hmm. and we're having a conversation, you as a professional, without me talking or saying I'm depressed, would you be able to observe me and say, ooh, ooh this Paco guy is kind of depressed? Um, no. Mm. Not really. And not if I didn't know you. Not if I didn't see this was a change. Mm. I might, you might look a little down, but I don't know. I don't know if that's clinical depression or you're just having a down day. Ooh. So, so, so close relatives, friends, or spouses... These are the people who can determine if the person they're living with is actually going through depression or having a down day. They can, but uh, but people are very good at That's, hiding things. So only the person experiencing it can admit to themselves that they are actually... Well, I mean, it's not to say that there aren't signs that, yeah. that you can pick up on. So if somebody... So the signs are... Yeah, so uh, with depression, one is somebody's not engaging in the activities they used to enjoy. They just don't feel like it. They have a hard time motivating themselves to get out of bed. They um, um, are, uh, I'm trying to think of the, the list of, of the, um, the symptoms. Um, you know, they may be sleeping a lot more or yeah. a lot less, uh, eating a lot more or a lot less, um, you know, tired. Um, fatigue, um, no? Fatigue, yeah. yes. Um, so a lot of, and that's not all the, the symptoms, but these are, it's, it's much more than just feeling down and, and the, and the, and the common meaning of depressed. It's really a very painful, um, uh, condition to be in and it can, people can start feeling very hopeless. The reason why I ask, so when my brother passed away, mm -hmm. That was in January, February 1. Somewhere around late March, early April. <clears throat> Everything you said, I felt. Mm -hmm. Everything. Uh, 
called up my PCP. I told her what went on and I think I'm depressed. First thing she did was put me on meds. What meds? <laughs> meds that had nothing to do with depression. Okay. And I'm like, Doc, I think I'm going through depression. <laughs> and she's like, you know, it's easy, it's, it's easy to say that. But let's let's run some blood work. Maybe you have low hemoglobin or mm. maybe your thyroid isn't. Well, and, and actually that is good to do is to rule okay. out any kind of physical reason mm. for your mood. Now, in your case, it's, you know, um, you had a, 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 death in the, yeah. a death in family. Um, but you do want to rule out thyroid. Thyroid can really affect us uh our mood, our, sure, our emotions, yeah. it's, uh, it's a very powerful um, uh, hormone in our yes. body. Um, but so that is important to, um, to rule out those things. But when they're ruled out or in the same time, because you can have both actually, but you can right. have some physical reasons, you know, your iron's low and you're depressed. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. I remember cause I, I still have the, the cap, the, the ball of iron, all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, um, it's consulting with um, a mental health professional, be it a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Going to a mental health professional, does that affect your job, um, you in the workplace, like finding a job? Because remember when you said um, the last part of what you said, no judgment, right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes in the workplace, if that's on your record, it's like, that guy has mental health issues. But it's your medical, uh, it's part of your medical record and your medical record is not, is confidential. Because of HIPAA, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And, you know, psychotherapy and, um, um, uh, you know, any mental health uh, treatment, be it with a psychiatrist or a therapist, um, that's confidential. There's, you know, certain times when we're required to break confidentiality, but... <clears throat> unless you have a highly sensitive job, like, um, uh, you know, for... Um, the government. The go well, mm. depending on what part right. of the government. Um, you know, or sometimes with the police department or, you know, things like that. Um, um, and, you know, it's none, none of anybody's business. Right. So unless you disclose it, they have no way of knowing so even calling the mental health hotline is confidential. Yes, yes. Because mm. I remember calling the mental health hotline. My wife goes, what are you doing? I'm, I'm actually calling the mental health hotline because I think I'm going through depression. And she's like, you better make sure that's confidential. Okay. <laughs> I ended up putting the phone down. Right. Let me just talk to my pastor. <laughs> So I, I and and people don't know. I mean, we 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 don't know any better. Like, right. who do we talk to? Sometimes friends will tell other people, right. "Hey, Paco's going through depression and all that stuff." So we don't know. No, the hotline is a good one. Okay, because they can help to direct you too if you need services. Um, um, you know, these are trained uh, professionals. Professionals who you know they're just sitting around waiting for you to call. Okay, Doc. Since we're we're on that topic. Is that the same as suicide prevention hotline? Yes. Do we have the number? Yes, ah, we do. You like my segue? Yes. <laughs> As a matter of fact. Right? Yes, we do. So, 
The uh, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline Lifeline is at 800-273-8255. They're available for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, there's also a, a crisis text line because Ooh. a lot of times people are more comfortable texting or they're in a situation where they don't, you know, their wife's over yeah. there saying, why are you calling? Uh-huh. Right. Whereas they're more comfortable texting. So the uh, text line is you text home to 741741. Um, and counselors are available. And it's throughout the United States. Um, and there's, you know, other hotlines here, uh, the veteran crisis line and military crisis line, which is uh, the same uh, number as the uh, suicide prevention yes. line, which is again eight hundred seven six. Oh, excuse me, eight hundred two seven three eight two five five, and you press one, and that will send a veteran to um, a counselor who's familiar wow. with veteran yes. um, issues, and that again twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. There's also some other hotlines that what I'll do is I'll leave you the information. Yes, so we can and post, you can post it. Yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, right? Um, thank you for doing this, Doc. This one, if is uh, if you're in the Philippines and you're watching us, like I, I have three numbers, twenty four seven. Also, it's eight nine three seven six zero three. That's on your landline again. That's eight nine three seven six zero three. Or if you want to call on a cell phone. This is um, 0917-800-1123. Again, 0917-800-1123 or 0922-893-8944. Again, this number is 0922-893-8944. There you go. We'll post more numbers um, on the screen or in the description that way there is no reason for you to seek out help when you need help right makes perfect sense exactly now listening listening is an art Mm -hmm. why is it so difficult for people to just listen because they were never taught how to listen but how do you learn how to listen well it's by being listened to sometimes and so um, it's, it's, again, attending to what's happening in the moment. So lis- listening to what another person is saying without thinking what you're going to respond, right? Because a lot of times while a person's talking, we're thinking about how we're going to respond to it rather than just listening to what they're really saying. Um, and um, you know, understanding that Sometimes people just need to, to vent. Um, I always tell people that, especially like couples, um, let your partner know what you need. So if you come home and you're having a hard day and, and all that, and you go to your spouse and it's like, you know what my boss did today, blah, 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 blah. Sometimes the spouse will go, well, you know, this is what you could do, <laughs> Right. And so, um, and they may not have needed that. They may know what to do. They just wanted to, to vent a little bit. Um, 
So tell your spouse what you need. Listen, I just need you to listen. I don't need you to problem solve. Or I need you to problem solve with me. You know, I'm not sure what to do, you know. You know what my boss did. And so, and also ask when your partner comes home and she's, and they're, well, my boss did this. And it's like, do you need me to listen or do you need me to problem solve? And again, that's you being in the moment of the conversation. Right, right. Right. And it's um, paying attention to, to the energy that they have. Mm. Do you have to mirror the energy or not necessarily? No, I don't. Well, no. Like, um, I'm angry at my boss. Yeah? What did your boss know? No, no, no. No, okay. you need to be you. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So you, you mentioned couples, Doc. When they come in, is it normally, do they come in preventatively or they're looking for a cure? Well, I'm not a couples therapist. Again, I, know. I like to give but my little just Yes, yes. Again, we're, we're just yeah. having a conversation. That's yes, right. Right? <laughs> this is a conversation <laughs> between two adults. Right. So, um, well, most of the time when people uh, go to couples therapy, it's to improve their relationship. Um, they may be having some issues. They may be... Um, uh, really struggling with an issue. So they usually go to the couples therapy to, um, to help mend their relationship. Sometimes they go to couples therapy to help them learn how to separate and how to end a relationship and be, for example, good co-parents. Wow. Um, you know, so there's a lot of different reasons why people go to couples therapy majority is in order, in order to improve the relationship, um, help with communication skills and things of that nature. Um, so communication skills, doc, majority of majority of the people assume. Yes. Like there are people who ask questions and there are people who assume the answer. Exactly. Why? Because to a certain degree, we need to assume things. To a certain degree. To a certain degree. So I need to assume that when, you know, I walk out of here, that the car I came in is going to still be there. <laughs> yes. Hopefully, it's hopefully, good, hopefully Mike it's is good. It's good. Still- <laughs> hopefully, it's a good assumption. I can check myself. Yeah, <laughs> so, but, uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, so those kinds of things. But we, what we can do is. Um, is put our um, assumptions of ju- our judgments uh, on other people. And that's usually where, you know, difficulties come in. Yes. And, um, you know, assigning meaning where you really don't know what the meaning is. And that's bad, right? It's not helpful. <sighs> I won't say it's bad. It's not helpful. It's like, it's Okay. I like, I, I, I mean, not to put you on the spot, but you're, you're on the spot. But, um, <laughs> I, but, but I like it, Doc, when you said, I'm kind of nervous. See, there's, it, doesn't, it, does, it doesn't make me and Michael assume. It's out there. And if we were listening, we would have caught that, which we were, by the way. So. I bet you were. <laughs> so we caught that. Yeah. But, but yes, I've had experience where people judge. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, why are we judging this person? Because he dresses this way. He has a mohawk. He has tats all over his body. Oh, let's let's move. Th- right. Right. Is that society dictating everything or is that just a person being a douche? <laughs> I think that it's something is usually a, that's different and unknown. Uh, mm. And we tend to be a bit weary of anything that's different or unknown. Um, mm, so we're more akin to to accept the stereotype. Right. If someone sticks out. Right. So that's judgment. Yeah, and, and you know, most of us have, you know, a certain amount of judgment um, until we're proven wrong. You know, an example was um, many, many, many years ago, um, a family member was in the hospital and there was somebody else, uh, they were sharing a room and the other person, their husband, um, was, you know, long hair, um, tan, you know, the whole nine yards. <laughs> And the look, um, yeah, the, the look, whatever. And, um, um, but the minute my mother walked into the room, he jumped up and gave her his chair. See, so it's like bad, bad, bad. See, uh, there so, you, go. you know, it's recognizing that mm. and, um, um, being willing to change our opinions. Why? We mentioned family members, all that. And now I'm curious, being the psychologist that you that you are, do family members go up to you going, hey, Carol? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not because, not because you, you put that boundary in front or because they're scared that... No, it's because I don't want to hear that psychology stuff. Oh! Oh my God. It's like, okay. Really, but but when you're observing, because your reticular is open to this, when you're observing everybody in the room, or you tend not to observe. No, 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 no. We we shut it off. You know, we we're not therapists twenty four seven. And the reason why I ask Doc is because I'm a I'm a musician. I'm a drummer, right. right? So when I hear music, or even when I hear people playing the drums, even if I'm having a drink, if that singer is off. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, but in your, in your world. Well, I mean, yeah, you can notice that somebody's anxious. You can notice, you know, things, but, um, you don't know their background. You don't know, um, what they're coming, you know, where they're coming where they, from, where yeah. they're coming from, you know, what kind of day they're having. If I don't know the person, then you, you, I don't know. A, a, a lot of times people get scared of psychologists. Because they think, um, oh my God, you're analyzing me. It's like, no. You know what, Doc? You just said something that other people can pick up on. And it, it reminds me of the more you know, the more humble you become. Mm-hmm. Like in any world, if you're a, if you're a black belt, 12 Dan martial artists, you tend to shy away from fights. Exactly. Right? If you're a marksman, you tend to shy away from gunfights or whatever. Right. Like like what you just said, like knowing what you know, you're not assuming that you know. Am I making sense? Did I get it right? The more you know, the more you know you don't know. 
There we go. Wow. And that's that in itself is a safe space mm-hmm. because other people are scared. Because if we're assuming that this person is X, people there are people who assume that they're being judged by X. Right. Oh my God. Did you ever think that you being? I'm going now. I'm 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 going. Um, origin stories. Uh-oh. What led you? To being a psychologist? Well, actually, um, I didn't go to college after high school. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. And um, so I got a job and I was working and, you know, had a, several jobs. And we won't go into that one. Um, but Why not? You know, this is your story. Well, I mean, was, <laughs> okay. there were several. Let's put it that okay. way. And finally, um, I knew a friend was working on a crisis line, as a matter of fact. And she uh, was was um, volunteering. And so I decided to, you know, volunteer. And that's how I, you know, came to go, oh, this is where I should be. You felt at home. Yes. You didn't think of becoming a negotiator or something? No. Because normally police negotiators and hostage negotiators, they're psychologists and and stuff. Are you you a good negotiator? So, uh, so yeah, no, I, so I start, you know, I went to, uh, had to go get my bachelor's and then, um, my master's and then my doctorate and all, they're all in psychology. So, um, so it was more of like a passion. Yes. Yes. And when you were doing this at the time, were you single? Did you have a family? You know, I, I was single and, um, um, uh, really admired my my classmates who not only had who had families you know kids they had to take care of and some of them were little and and all of that and it was like i don't know if i could do that oh wow now doc when you were when you were doing the crisis um hotline did you find yourself hey you like what you said a while ago you you liked it but did you did you notice that hmm i'm not judgmental or were you judgmental in the beginning or were you assuming that I know what, what this is all about? Were you one of those people who assumed that or you were like, let me just open my ears and listen? Um, well, when you first start working a hotline, you're afraid you're going to make a mistake. Yes. Like everybody. Like everybody else. Right. And so um, it's just, I was there to learn. And they, they had done a great deal of, of training. So it wasn't like, oh, you want to volunteer here, sit, you know, sit by the phone. From this hour to this hour, there was a lot of training that went went along with it, um, and so um, you know, and how to handle s- different situations. So it was, but it was enjoyable. I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed going to school. I enjoyed, you know, grad school. Um, not many people necessarily I do, know, right? But um, but I enjoyed it. So um, I knew this was the right track. I have a friend. He's a psychologist. He's on a pedestal. He's, excuse me. He's on his own. He's on his own pedestal. Oh, I see. Like, I, I wish he had a high horse, but <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just a nice little pedestal, and uh, we always have conversations because, like, and every time we'd have nice conversations, he would rub it in. I'm the guy with the master's degree here. Does it 
and 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 speaking with you is just so wow because I was if you're if you think you were nervous you were nervous I was nervous because I was telling Michael I think I'm gonna get I'm gonna be judged <laughs> or, but but then it's all opposite like I had my assumptions but it's all opposite. I mean, I'm so I'm so talkative with you because I, I, I there are many things I'd like to know right. with people. EQ, for instance, why are some people afraid to be in a crowd, and why are there people who just light up the room in 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 a place where where they don't know anybody? Right. Well, somebody who doesn't like crowds. They're not necessarily afraid of the crowd. They just don't like them. Mm. So there's a big difference between somebody being afraid to do something and somebody just not liking doing it. It's like, uh, you know, public speaking. I can do public speaking. This makes me a little, it makes me nervous, but a little bit. But I, but I, I do it if I need to, but I don't really care for it. So right. it's not something I would necessarily uh, seek. seek out. Yeah, yeah. You know? So um, sometimes you can be really good at something and you just don't care about doing it. You don't like it. Mm. Now, with regard to those who like it, mm -hmm. sometimes they come off as uncouth, arrogant, but the reality is they're just eager to share. What do they need to do? Nothing? I don't know. Mm. It all is so individual. Wow. There's, um, they may not need to do anything. But when you see some, when you see a person in the room, because me, and, and the context of my question is, Michael and I, before you arrived, we were talking about situations wherein if we see somebody we don't like, do we just decide not to go to that party or do we show up at that party? And if we do show up at that party, should we allow people at the same party to make it awkward for us? Mm. Or do we just because, you know, be agnostic about everything and nonchalant about everything and just let the party be and let them be awkward with themselves without us having to do anything? Mm -hmm. that's, that's the context of my, my question. So there's this quiet guy who's not, who doesn't want to be in the crowd and there's this, there's this loud guy who actually wants to be, mm -hmm. look at me, look at me, look at me. And, and in that situation, Doc, given the fact that you're there at the same party, and, and the reason why I'm asking this hypothetical is because for, for the majority of out there, they're not the quiet one and they're not the loud one. They're normally in the middle of the road. What would be deemed normal reaction to both type of people? I'm not really sure. Like if you were there, like if let's say that came in and, and what's yeah. up, Carol? And well, I mean, there's there's a difference between being obnoxious and just being very thank you boisterous. Yes, and um, um, so obnoxious. It would it would, would, it would depend, <clears throat> and that's a very subjective. Mm. So. Um, Something that may be <clears throat> um, obnoxious to me might not be no obnoxious to somebody else. Um, so it's all subjective. It's all 
what you're used to, what um, all different things. Doc, that was a perfect answer. Um, and the reason being, it just answered the question I had in my head. Because like like we're in the entertainment industry and we've encountered people that way. And people have gone up to us saying, I'm being judged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I go, like what, right? I mean, you can't stop people from judging you. But at the same time, they're not stopping you from being right. you. It works both ways, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know, it's the problem comes in when people impose their judgments or um, uh, cause some difficulty for another person or something like that. Um, we can have our private thoughts about things, um, you know, but. You know, a lot of times it can be, well, that's not something, you know, I would do, but hey, to each their own. Which leads me to think, why the heck are we having the cancel culture nowadays? Right. What led to that? Haven't, I don't, I can't say much about that. It's, uh, um, I think there's a lot of anonymity or can, can, uh, cancel culture. <clears throat> you know, people have just... they've started really not listening, not taking another person's perspective. Um, I mean, certain things, you know, do need to, you know, not continue on because it's hurtful to others or something like that. Um, But, you know, with the political, social, you know, climate these days, you know, <clears throat> you can understand where someone is coming from, but not necessarily agree with them. And that's supposed to be okay. Yeah. Right? It's, like what you just said a while ago, to each his own. Right. Right. I can, you know, I can see how you came to your conclusion. I don't agree with your conclusion. <clears throat> and, but, um, um, but I understand how you got there. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's something to think about because like we experience that every single day nowadays. People are going to go, hey, 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 you better be careful because you might get canceled. All that stuff. Right. Right. And it's, it's, it's not a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same token, I mean, social media has lent to, to has weaponized mm-hmm. the ability for people to to cancel but then again doc like what we talked about like the, the bigger you get the more humble you should become there are entities who have increased their influence mm-hmm. and now they're imposing an influence on other people which is why probably they're getting canceled by the majority of the people who don't agree with them what do you say to that um good theory as any i am so that i'll segue to narcissism because that's a word that's being thrown out easily nowadays oh he's a narcissist oh she's a narcissist oh she's a jezebel oh he's a narcissist 
when is the right time to throw the oh he's a sociopath when and these are people who are, who are not psychologists like you are these are normal people just throwing labels around right um what is a narcissist a, nar a narcissist is <coughs> excuse me a narcissist is um basically someone who is very self-centered um who never considers the prospect you know the perspective of others um doesn't understand how other people don't see how wonderful they are doesn't understand how people see how how oh. people don't see how so he always thinks he's wonderful yeah oh yeah and he can't accept the fact that they don't see it that way right hmm. right um is that the same as being manipulative um a lot of times uh people who are narcissistic can be very manipulative but you don't have to be a narcissist to be manipulative okay okay i get it how about social sociopathic behaviors is that in uh in conjunction with being a narcissist you are a not necessarily. And the reason why I ask is people say celebrities, musicians, actors, there's a little bit of narcissism in them. Us. <laughs> yeah? Well, I mean, you have to be able to put yourself out there. And that's narcissism already? Like what the, not, but that's not necessarily narcissism. That's people going to the gym and taking pictures of themselves at the gym. Do you take pictures of yourself, Mike? Oh. You know, you know those Instagram pictures, those selfie people. Is that a form of narcissism? No, I don't know. Okay, yeah, it's too broad. Mm. So it has to be more than that. Yeah, I mean, you know, people just want to share. A lot of times, it's the culture. See, you just caught me, Doc, because that's me being judgmental at a certain to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. In fact, actually, I'm picking up a, a subliminal lesson between um, with, with this conversation wherein saying I don't know doesn't mean doesn't mean you're brushing off what it is. It just means you're not a possession. No, no, no. It means it's best to not engage the thought itself because the thought itself can lend to you being judgmental as well. Is it, is it safe to say that? Um, I'm not sure I understood what you said. Like, so like if someone, if someone asked me about this person and I really didn't know who this person was, mm -hmm. it's best for me to say, you know what? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know the person. Right. So I can't speak for you, uh, right. speak about what you're feeling because that's your perspective and now you're imposing it on me. Right. But I mean, you know, you can, yeah, it's all judgment, but, um, there's a certain amount of judgment that is fairly normal in terms of um, mm. just, you know, how you view the world. Uh, you know, it, the problem comes in when you impose it on others. So yeah, you might look at somebody who goes, well, he's got a high opinion of himself. That's your opinion. Right. 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 So that's your bias. That's right. That's right. Now you imposing your bias on someone else. Right. Ah, and the, the way to diffuse that is to just not engage or 
or you know it's um it's yeah you know you don't necessarily want oh you know so and so he really right you know thinks a lot of himself or something like that it's just like well okay um it's it's really just trying to do no harm mm. as we go through life so no malice you know just just yeah. go through it right speaking of that doc the art of saying no because because when we were talking about hypothetical, like if you imposing, being imposed on, uh, have you had, sorry about that, have you had uh, patients who've had issues about not being able to say no and then being mad at themselves? Because all the time. What do you do? Well, it's, it's learning how to say no, how? how to get comfortable with it. Well, it depends on the individual. I can't, you know. But uh, I can't say no to my wife. <laughs> Well, sometimes that's a self-preservation. <laughs> so. True, Doc. But, but, but like, how do you say no to your boss, to your, to your colleague, to, you, to your peers, to your kids? Do you have to say, do, you, do, you, do I need to explain myself or is no suffice? It depends on the situation. You know, um, um, and a lot of times, it's I can't. It's not even necessarily I no. It's just mm. you know, I can't do that. Um, Someone invites you to a party. I can't. I've got other <sighs> you know other things to do. Whatever it might be. Um, and then they put this manipulative guilt trip on you, and you're like, oh, okay, let me just go. Mm-hmm. 30 minutes and then I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. And you can negotiate with yourself. I've always thought, Doc, that not being true to yourself, giving it to other people, putting yourself last, I thought that that was being generous. Mm-hmm. Then I came to a point where I was reading and felt that you know what maybe i should put a boundary Mm -hmm. because i'm being taken advantage of my time my energy and all this and then i had to break the boundary because i felt guilty maybe right so my question is was that me just being godlike thinking i could solve their problems or was that me depriving myself of what is due myself? But I can't come to that because I feel that I'm too selfish if I do that. I can't, you know, analyze you. Yeah, exactly. You're not my client. No, so. no, we're not going but, there. But, right. but you know what um, I'm talking about, right? Based on the but people. Most you- people, yeah, most people um, who have difficulty with boundaries, um, it's from, it's people want to be liked. People um, um, have... Um, uh, you know, genuinely want to help everyone, but they just haven't learned how to do it without it costing them at their at sacrifice of them. You know, it's great to be, you know, generous and, and all of that as long as you're not doing it um, at the sacrifice of yourself. I'm getting too excited. It's like a validation of me and a lot of people like me who 
go way beyond. That's the off switch that you're talking about. Right, right. Do they teach that in school? Or is that something that, that's innately yours where, you know what? I'm done for the day. Turn off. Mm, I wouldn't... Uh, and I wouldn't say it was innately mine. I, um, I mean, in school we talk about, you know, boundaries and whatnot. That's, you know, all part of, um, you know, psychotherapy and, mm. and whatnot. Mm. Um, and just, you know, understanding how, you know, people... Um, um, you know, teaching skills to set boundaries, but also understanding how they came to uh, to a lack of boundaries. It might be, you know, you know, this is there's you know <laughs> childhood stuff can come up and that and and all that. So um, it, it's every client is a, is an individual. Every client is unique. You have an exciting practice. <laughs> It's like doing your own podcast every day. <laughs> Just watching an episode every day. <laughs> is there, is there, um, without going into details, Doc, but when you're going on a journey with your, your patient, do you know if there's what's called graduation day or is this an ongoing journey that both of you are going to go through together? Um, it depends on why they came to therapy. Um, some people have very specific goals. And some people, um, you know, are looking for a more long-term, you know, um, support and, um, um, you know, self-exploration. So a lot of people, they come, <clears throat> they get what they need, and um, they live their life. Uh and some people make therapy a part of their life. Do you tell your patients you're done or do they tell you I'm done? Uh, well, both of us have happened. Oh, but, okay. yeah. but predominantly. But, but it's, it's, we come to an agreement. Mm. It's like, you know, do you feel that, do you feel you need to come any, you know, more? Because sometimes people feel that you know, they met their goals, but they're afraid to say it to the psychologist or something uh, like that. And so it's being able to say, well, you know, how do you feel about, you know, you seem to be doing really well. Um, you know, what do you think? Do you have any other goals you want or uh, anything else you want from therapy? Um, uh, sometimes it's changing, you know, from every week to every other week. And then um, it might be, you know, once a month and then as needed. Now, when you listen, Doc, to your patients, garbage in. So you're you're dealing with their emotions. That's not garbage. Okay, information in. Thank you. My bad. Information in. How do you regurgitate that, or how do you set that aside so that it's not overloading you? Um. Well, it's my job to sit and to listen. Yes. And to, um, um, you know, provide, you know, treatment. So, you know, and every, every client that I have is an individual. So every, every session is different. Um, every week it's different. 
uh, with even with the same client. So um, um, you you learn to take care of yourself for one thing, you know, making sure that you know, and this is just universal. Yes, you know, get some exercise, you know, eat right, plenty of sleep, that whole thing, um, and people you can talk to. You know, if there's a particularly, you know, difficult day, you know, being able to express your emotions, not, mm. not details or anything. Of course, of course. But um, just saying, you know, like I had a rough day and right. all that. So um, it's like most of us take care of ourselves. Right. Or hope to. Yes. There's a therapy, go to therapy. There's a therapist, go to therapy. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh do you disclose to a, another doctor, hey, I'm a therapist, or? Well, I don't wear a sign or anything, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Like, uh, doc, in fairness, I asked the barber, do you actually tell another barber that you're a barber when you go have a haircut? Oh, 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 if I went to, if I were going to, yeah. there, oh, yeah, because they need to know my history. They need to know my, uh, you know, everything about me. Uh, to get context. Uh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And, and you know, particularly if you're a therapist so that they can go, okay, I can watch out for some... Markers, you know, yeah. Things that, you know, a therapist might pull, you know. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you hear that, Mike? I did. I did. Yeah. So, um, Ooh. Later on, Doc, off you got to tell us what, what those signs are. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, 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 it's just more... Um, um, or eyebrow raising, like were you going, really? <laughs> so, it's okay, Doc. Here, I'll go back to the beginning of our conversation because a, clo a, a person close to me can't disclose who, but really close to me, started talking and expressing himself, and and expressed that he wanted to hurt himself, mm -hmm. and. I kept my mouth shut. And the reason I'm, I'm asking this is because maybe you can help me and other people out there to respond appropriately. Because my response after everything he said was, you know what? I really understand what you're going through. Mm -hmm. And he stopped and I thought we were cool. And then he goes, don't ever say mm -hmm. that you understand what I'm going through. Because you don't have any idea what I'm going through. Right. And I kept quiet. And you know what? I wanted, I could, I could have gone two ways. I could have argued with him. Mm -hmm. But I simply said, you know what? I'm sorry. You're right. Mm -hmm. But I felt empty and, and embarrassed. And Well, I mean, and that's common. That's a statement that, you know. Oh, I, you know, I know what you're going through. You don't, even if you've had the same spirit experience, twins who were raised, you know, in the same family, their experiences are different. And so, um, you know, that's one of the things that we warn people about, you know, when they come and they, you know, how can I help a friend um, who's say had a loss or something like that? It's just, um, I'm here, to, I'm here to listen. Um, but you know, saying, I know how you feel because you don't, you really don't. 
And so it's acknowledging, I have no idea what you're going through. It must be very painful. Mm, there's a, okay, it must, there's that, it must, okay. There's that, it's not assumption because I know how you feel is assumption. Mm -hmm. It must be very painful, is more inquisitive or more, what, what would you call that? Or, you know, and if, you, if that's not comfortable, it's, you know, I just, I'm sorry for what you're going through. Wow. It's so true though, no? Because, because at the moment that they're calling you, is it okay not to know why they're calling you? I mean, if they just want to rant or I'm going to hurt because I'm along the lines of, I feel like hurting myself. And, 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 you know, and, 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 and doc, this was on FaceTime, New Year's Eve, and he already had cuts in his. Uh. And I, and that's when I said, "Oh shoot, I made the mistake because I said I, I understand." Right. And and with all those cut wounds and like, um, you were put in a very difficult position. Um. And um. Was he anywhere near you? Was no, he was in the Philippines. Philippines, okay. And it's um, just that he was. Um, I can't. I can't. I'll, I'll tell you off cam, but uh, on cam they might know who I'm. I'm talking about. But it was, it was that my wife was beside me. We were all there, and I was just like, uh, what do I do? Yes, I was. I was trying to hand signal my wife. Yeah under the table and it was it was jarring and at the same time i i i i was embarrassed and i kind of got the, got mad at myself for a moment when i said yeah i understand what you're going through I said, you don't know what i'm going through right. right so i guess the right acknowledgement would just acknowledge the feeling right. that he had without trying to downplay the feeling that he's having right but it's also important if somebody is um, actively suicidal to get help and you might need to call 911 now that's why I asked if yes. he were close um, um, or somehow contact people in, that are close yeah. to him Yeah. Um, find, if you have mutual friends that are in the Philippines you know let them know and, and see if they can go and, and just spend time with them because mm. um, that can be helpful um, um, you know, just sometimes you just have to call for help. Yeah, professional help. Pro pro professional help. They might they might need hospitalization. I mean, full disclosure. After the conversation was deescalated, and mm -hmm. and he allowed his son to open the the bathroom door because he was in the bathroom. Right. I actually seeked out our common friends and. Thank God it's been four years now and he's doing well. Good, good. He's I'm glad to well. hear that. Yeah, he's doing well. And he's thankful. I'm thankful, but mm -hmm. it, it scarred my, my emotional, the emotional part of my brain where I'm not supposed to say I understand. I was going to say, you're never going to say that one again. No, <laughs> which is why I, I clearly understand when you say, I don't know you. I haven't analyzed you. <laughs> I think that's the right way of putting it. You don't... You, 
and and you know it it uh, it borderlines what's chismis in English rumors yeah. oh. right that's how rumors go around you assume and then, hey you know have you heard of blah 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 mm-hmm. and later on that person has a bad reputation speak of which reputations doc other people are so into their reputation and people die because they their reputations are ruined i mean how I, we know it's important right. but in terms of life and taking one's own life, how do you de-escalate something like that? If if a family member feels that I'm tainted, I'm I'm dirty, I'm nobody, and right, it's it's working with them to to change their outlook. Um, you know, it again, it's so individual, and mm. you know why they feel that way. Um, uh, you know, sometimes we have to take culture into consideration, um, uh, and work. Try to work with that, um, and you know, being respectful of uh, cultures, but also being able to um, help them see things in a more helpful way. I like the Japanese and harakiri. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh. At, the, at that point, Doc, do we just let it be? If it's culture? No. There you go. Thank you. Um, we have to um, respect the culture, but we also have to keep our friends and you know clients safe. Yes. You know, so... Um, it's understanding where they are coming from and how they get to that point and then working hopefully within that to help them but without disrespecting their culture. Amen. What advice, Doc? This is where I ask you for advice and for everybody else. What advice can you give us as an audience to be seeking how to be mindful. Maybe you can share with us how important it is again so they don't have to rewind the episode. But does it really help day to day? Yes, yes. Um, uh, Being mindful keeps you in the moment. It lets you live your life and not just run through it. Um, And it helps you to listen because you're attending to what the other person's saying. Um, and um, it's not easy because we got a lot of stuff going on these days and nothing is perfect, um, but it can help to slow us down um, and enjoy our lives more. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Carol Gogan. <laughs> Doc, thank you. Thanks, guys. Numbers, check them in the description. And of course, they're right here on the screen right now. No judgments. Be mindful.